0: hey everybody welcome back this is dr heidi with coaching with dr heidi and this is the it's not normal it's toxic podcast um a couple really quick things the conference registration is open you can go to coachingwithdrheidi.com to um, get to that registration page and i am actually going to do its own podcast description so you can listen to the full description um, in a different podcast besides this one Um, The TPA, um, the last time we did the podcast, I had a flood of TPAs come through. So thank you for jumping on the website and taking that. I hope that it helped you out. Uh, Today we have um, actually a listener's question came in on what to expect uh, when you're trying to co-parent with somebody who is either toxic, narcissistic, or emotionally abusive. And there was a couple months ago, maybe three or four months ago, I actually did a podcast on this already, and I had referenced a client who was going through a divorce where she was trying to co-parent with somebody who was being very difficult. And actually, I have her with me today because she's going to do um, quite a bit of the talking during this podcast. So if you think being married to a toxic person is hard, try co-parenting with one, and there's many times when people will say, and Connie actually said this, that um, she felt like it was worse after the divorce than it was before the divorce. So um, think back to when you first got married or you first got together. Some of us were actually talked into getting married. Um, Some of us were talked into starting a family, thinking that that's what was going to either fix the relationship or make the relationship better. Um, you know, what, what did you think was going on when, when they were convincing you to either get married or all of a sudden an engagement ring popped up or, you know, the all of a sudden fresh idea to start a family. Well, in my, in my experience and in my opinion on a lot of my clients, it's another way for a toxic person to make sure that they have the security of control because a engagement ring and a baby and anything like a marriage is going to lay a trap for you that is going to be harder for you to get out of than just breaking up a dating relationship. So about the time you decide that you're going to have the first baby or the second baby, uh, you are now tied to them forever or at least 18 years, which is pretty much the same thing if you ask me because it seems like it takes forever. Um, Co-parenting is not a thing when you're working with an emotionally abusive or a narcissistic personality. And I'm sure any of you who have had that experience realize you try and try and try and, and co-parenting is just not working. Um, you're not gonna change them. You must change the way you react to them and you must change the way that their, quotes, co-parenting affects your life because once you leave them, this is your opportunity to start over and build the life that you want that's happy and healthy and they just wanna drag you down by keeping um, the one thing that they can hold over your head, which is your children. Um, Looking back, I don't know how I thought I was gonna co-parent when I was divorced because I could never, I mean, I wasn't a co-parent when I was married. So why do we think that co-parenting as divorced was gonna be anything different? So what I wanna do today is go over a few things that you can expect. Um, when you are attempting to co-parent or parallel parent with a toxic person. And um, I have a list of them. And then what I'm going to do is Connie. Connie, welcome to the podcast. She's going to kind of, because you guys listen to me all the time, she's going to go into some examples that she has had um, through the co-parenting experience. And she's she's several years away from being done with the co-parenting. So she's working very hard on trying to figure out how to make her life work and make her kid's life work without having to fall into the same old drama chaos trap. So what to expect when you're co-parenting with a toxic person? The first thing that I teach is they love to get you wound up. That is one of their main goals. They're wanting to mess up your life. So expect them to to have every attempt to get you wound up or get you fired up. Did you have experience with that? Absolutely.
1: I am, I was really shocked in the beginning to see that my former was constantly throwing out wild accusations and bold faced lies to the community, my family and my children. I've gotten used to it now. In fact, um, the way we communicated, I've completely blocked him on every front, except for an app called Our Family Wizard, which is what the court and our lawyers ask us to communicate on. So I keep him on that, but I've blocked him in every other way. And I don't actually check those messages myself. I have a third party that screens the messages for me. And if there's something that needs to be addressed, then I go in and open them and address them. Otherwise I don't read them because more often than not, it's something that like you said, It's purely in there to try to get me emotionally wound up and disturbed, and see if he can get me to fly off the handle. And it's not worth it anymore. So, which and in the
0: beginning it works. Oh, it it
1: completely worked.
0: It takes yeah, it takes a little bit to realize that that's what their goal is. Um, The next thing is expect them to always turn things around to make you look to others or feel like you're unstable.
1: Yeah, that's true too. So even though the only way we communicate now is through this app called Our Family Wizard, about once a week or so I get some kind of message telling me that my kids who are still young, grade school, uh, that the kids don't want to see me, that that they see me for the liar that I truly am and that they want nothing to do with me. And the whole point of that is to make me feel like I'm I'm crazy, they think I'm crazy, and that I'm unstable. And to be honest with you, that's exactly how it affected me in the beginning. And it's taken me a long time to realize, taken me two years to realize that I'm not unstable and that the kids don't really feel like that.
0: And he even, well, them in general, even will reach out to other people as as opposed to the kids.
1: Yeah, they, he tells people all the time. He'll tell my family members, he'll tell people in our little community all sorts of crazy things about me, and he'll tell them that I'm unstable and that I'm a liar, and he'll make up wild, crazy stories that are completely unfounded. And in the beginning, I tried to defend myself, and now I don't because there's no point. If they believe those stories, then they they didn't know me in the first place,
0: right? But that and that's difficult too to just realize you don't have to explain yourself all the time. It's taken me two years to get to the point where I didn't. Yes, and them. and to get to the point where. The opinion of everybody else doesn't matter. You have to realize that. They don't know what you went through, you know. Um, Expect them to demand communication with you, with your children during your visitation hours. So this is probably
1: the biggest sticking point that we have in our divorce. My former, it's an ongoing battle with him um, pretty much on a weekly basis. He tells me every week. That we have a court order stating that he may speak to the kids anytime and anywhere that he wants. First of all, we have no court orders. We never went to court. We settled out of court. We have a parenting plan that he never sticks to. But that parenting plan does not state that anybody can speak to anybody else at any time. Obviously, each parent can make their own rules within their own house. And I have electronic rules for my kids when they can speak on their electronics when they can play on their electronics and if they get in trouble for something like kids do I obviously can make consequences I never keep them from their parent their other parent they can speak to him off of my phone or whatever but he tells them all the time that if they feel like they don't get to talk to him whenever they want then they need to document me and he documents me and he's gone so far as to call the cops on me several times and the cops tell him each time, this is an inappropriate use of the 911 system. She can do whatever she wants as far as communication and rules within her own home. So, but when it's his turn to have the kids on the flip side, he keeps them from speaking to me. So I don't, we do a week on week off, And when the kids are with him, I don't have any communication with them whatsoever. He keeps me from speaking to them altogether. And so you've kind of quit fighting that fight also, right? You just have. have accepted the fact that you're just... I actually sat down with my kids individually and spoke to them and said, how would you like me to handle it? Is it more uncomfortable for me to try to text you or call you or FaceTime you when you are with your dad or his family? And they said, yes, it's very uncomfortable. And I said... If you want to reach out to me during that time, then you reach out to me and know that I'm thinking about you all the time, but I won't call you unless you want to call me. And so that's the way we leave it.
0: And now that you're used to that, you're... It, it, it took a while to get used to it, but I'm okay with it That now. you're accepting of it. Now you can use that week to do your own thing. Right. Um, okay, expect them to get power and control by feeding off of your emotions and your reactions. Well, this kind of goes back to...
1: kind of goes back to the first one. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what we started with earlier um when we first got divorced or when we first separated my former used everything to get me wound up when I got used to those different topics that he threw at me like he wanted more money or he wanted more things from the house or and and I didn't let those bother me he zoomed in on the one thing that he knew would get me and that was the kids. And that's one point that will always hurt me is my children. And so he uses them as a weapon against me. And he tries very hard to destroy
0: our relationship and use that as emotional power and control over me. Yeah, and it's, it's really, it's like a mind over matter thing once you understand what they're doing. Um, expect them to send messages through the children
1: So it's interesting to me
0: that my former talks
1: all the time about, he references our parenting plan and our quote-unquote court order that doesn't exist, but our parenting plan clearly states that you should never send messages through the kids, and yet he tells our kids all the time that he will never, ever speak to me. He tells our families that he'll never, ever speak to me. He tells people in the community that he'll never speak to me, and that if I ask him for any kind of favors favors being, you know, like, could we trade dates or for vacations or things like that, that he will refuse anything that I ask of him. If I send a message through the kids, he'll consider it. And he actually tells the kids that he will only speak to me through them. So that's his way of communicating is he'll tell the kids, you need to tell your mother X, Y, Z. and. It's not healthy for them, so they spend all of their time calling me. Dad says, Dad wants, Dad thinks. Yes, which then breaks your
0: heart every time they do that. Right, I hate that. Um, expect them to vent to the children and speak badly about you to them. This was hard for me to understand
1: because I, I've always heard that, you know, when you're getting a divorce, that you should keep the kids out of the middle and that everything should be neutral and you should try to do whatever you can to make life easier for them. And my former has said many, many things to my kids from day one. He's told them that he doesn't have any money to take care of them because I'm trying to, to keep money from him. He's told them that I've stolen from him, that I won't pay him for any of their expenses, that I've tried to put him in prison, that I've kidnapped them, that I've cheated on him. Um, he tells them every week that he hates me and that I'm a liar and that they need to pay attention to the fact that I'm a liar. He's told them stories that they've actually never even broken down and told me. That The kids have told their own friends and then their friends have told their parents and then the parents have come back and told me. It's It's heartbreaking to know that your kids hear these things and they don't know what to do with that information so he badmouths me all the time to them
0: and I well that was one thing I experienced also and I will say this I've said this to Connie and I've said this to several other people and I had somebody say it to me but then your job is to just you know stand in your integrity and they they will eventually figure it out because the truth comes out but when you're in the middle of the storm it's a whole different story Um, Expect them, and I know Connie has dealt with this, expect them to use the children to find out information about what's going on in your home and in your life. So
1: in our particular case, like I mentioned before, we do a week on and a week off, and we exchange kids on Sunday evenings. And every Sunday after my kids leave my care and go to him, within an hour of my kids returning to his care, I get a message from him about something that's happened in our previous week, in my life. So something about a conversation that the kids read off of my phone. Now I have gotten to the point that I try to change the password on my phone every week. I have put fingerprint locks on my Mm -hmm. phone. I erase things off of my phone because I don't think it's that the kids need to see some of the things that come in, and yet they're sneaky enough that they go out of their way to search my phone and see what they can find. Um, They listen in on conversations. I'm dating someone now. They'll listen to conversations and go back and report about, you know, mom and her boyfriend talked about this or mom and her boyfriend are planning this. They even go so far as to tell him about work trips that I have coming up to see if that's going to be something that will, you know, fuel his fire. So they they do a lot of tattling on me.
0: Yeah, and, and honestly, in the kids' defense, it's just like everybody else. And just like you, when you were with him, you would rather piss somebody else off than piss him off. Right. And so the kids feel very obligated to make dad proud when they get there. So they know if they go with information that's going to bash mom, then they'll kind of win dad over in the first half an hour.
1: I had an experience with one of my children a couple of weeks ago where um, they called their dad and they needed something from their dad and they were really buttering him up. And when they got off the phone, I said, well, you, you know, you don't talk with me like that when you need something and my child said well I don't have to and I said what do you mean and they said I know if I need something I'll call you and I'll get it and I said and I kind of laughed and I said because I'm just an easy target and they they said yes but we also know we can count on you we don't know that dad will come dad's laying on the couch or he wants to do this or he wants to do that he won't do it and he'll get mad. And that was like a big aha moment for me that they have
0: to do what he wants or they won't. Right, and, and they're just jumping through his hoops just like you did. Right. You know, um, just to give him what he wants. Which is, which is really sad because it makes it hard on you because you just have to be the mom and you have to be the, the one that unconditionally loves them. He right. is very, and I don't know him so I shouldn't probably be saying this, but in general, they're very conditional with their love. If you do this, I'll show you, I love you. Or if you don't do this, I'll show you, I don't love you. That kind of thing. And the kids always want love. So they're going to do whatever it is that they think that they need to do to get approval from the one that they want approval from. Um, This one probably doesn't need too much summing up, but always expect them to pick up early and drop off late. And again, that's always to get you fired up. Has he ever been on time?
1: He comes to my house for pickup five to 10 minutes early every single time and expects to have the kids ready. And so the kids are always wound up and nervous and waiting by the door with everything packed and ready to go for him to come pick them up. On the flip side, when it's my turn to come pick them up from his house, he's he's not even there, he's never there. So he usually pulls into his driveway five to 10 minutes late, which isn't a long time, but then the kids aren't packed and they're not ready and they all wander into the house. And
0: and he's wasted a half an hour of your
1: time. Right. So it's usually about 30 minutes past pickup time. And, you know, I don't say anything about it because it's not worth the battle that ensues. But on the flip side, there have been a couple of times where I had bad weather and I was 15 minutes late to pick them up. And I had all sorts of messages on our family wizard about how dare I be late and he was going to turn me into the police
0: and just craziness yeah so, so it's you fighting a losing battle obviously we already know that um, this is another one that I know was an issue with mine down to the point where my kids did not get a lot of the stuff that they needed but expect them to make health care for the children a huge issue
1: so I in our divorce I was the uh, breadwinner and I pay for I'm the insurance carrier I carry insurance on the kids Um, And I was the one that always took everybody to all of their appointments, made all of the appointments. That continues to be the case. When we got the divorce, all of a sudden, my former wanted to change all of the healthcare providers, dentists, optometrists, um, medical providers. He suddenly didn't like anybody that we'd ever gone to before. I don't know why that was, but he wanted to change them all. If we had any appointments that were set up that happened to fall during his time, He just didn't take them. And if he didn't take them, he didn't reschedule the appointments. He didn't cancel the appointments. He Mm -hmm. just was a no-show, which actually caused me to have charges for um, no-show charges. And I was the one that was carrying the insurance, so I got those. And even though he's supposed to share 50-50 in the expenses, he just refuses to pay any of those. The other thing that he does is... We are supposed to give a written summary, just a quick little hit on each of the appointments. He always wants that within five minutes after each appointment, and he wants a detailed written summary of anything that I've done. But if he does take them somewhere, and keep in mind if he takes them somewhere, he doesn't take them to our providers, he takes them to an urgent care somewhere, um, he won't tell me anything that's happened. He won't tell Mm -hmm. me who he's taken them to, what he took them for, or what the summary of the visit was all about. Mm And if something has been prescribed by one of our providers, some kind of medication for the kids, he doesn't give it. Yeah, to he them.
0: doesn't give it to him. Um, the other thing I have noticed, and I don't know if this was with you, but any um, counseling or therapy um, that is suggested for the kids, they they are usually very adamant about not allowing that, if unless they are involved and they can be in the room, and that goes along with the whole. The kids will be very agitated, and they will only say what they know will make the toxic person happy. So the therapy sessions don't work because nobody can be honest, but a lot of times the toxic person will not allow the other parent to even take them or allow them to take the children to any type of counseling. So he refuses
1: to have the kids go to counseling during his time. He says that they don't need it and he tells them that they don't need it. We did have it written in our parenting plan that I may take them to counseling during my time. Um, and he didn't insist on being there. No. Oh, that's, he he couldn't. The, the Mm -hmm. lawyers wouldn't allow him to do that, but he tells the kids that they don't need it. And Mm -hmm. so then they don't participate. And so uh, all of the counselors I've taken them to have told me there's no point taking them to counseling because they won't participate. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So, um, expect them to argue about everything. And this is, very confusing for children also because they will argue on one side of the argument on Tuesday and they'll argue the other side of the argument on Friday. And this was one of the things that always broke my heart because the kids would think, okay, well, he said this on Tuesday and then on Friday they did the same thing and it was wrong. So um, I'm talking about um, them changing their mind, but it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on, they're going to be on the opposite side, regardless of what the stance is. Beyond that,
1: I mean, so you mentioned having the argument two different ways in Mm -hmm. a couple of days. Some of my messages he argues one way at the beginning of the message and a different way by the end of the same message. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other thing he does is that, like if it comes to, like for a couple of examples, I've had a couple of different times where I had four day weekends with the kids during my time and I went ahead and took them out of state. And before I went, per our parenting plan, I wrote him, I asked him, you know, even if we could extend the time, he refused, but he knew where we were. I gave him the address, the phone number, he knew all about it. And then when we came back, he told the kids that he didn't know anything about it. He didn't know they were going out of state, that I kidnapped them by taking them out of state without his permission and his knowledge. And then the kids were really upset because they thought that they had been kidnapped. So he can argue argue any point, any way, and the kids always believe him. And for a long time, I didn't understand why his word was like the holy grail and everything I Mm -hmm. said was a lie. And then I think you and I had a discussion one day, and I said that, and you said, well, why wouldn't they believe it? You believed him for years, and you didn't understand, and you felt like you were crazy, so why wouldn't little kids feel the same way? And that was when it finally
0: dawned on me that, and sometimes it's even even more aggression. Well, believe it or don't believe it, but you're going to be in trouble if you don't believe it. So right. they just accept it as the truth. Um, the next one I have written, but I think I have it written wrong, but expect them to act out of the best interest of the children that say the opposite. I think I was supposed to have that, is um, expect them to say that they're acting out of the best interest of the children, but then it's presented as very the opposite.
1: Well, so interestingly, with with my former he puts on a really good show, right? I mean, in public, he always volunteers to be a coach for all of their teams. Now, does he actually show up for practice? No, he never shows up for any of their practices, but he always, in theory, is the coach for their teams. Um, When he's anywhere with them in public, he clings to them and he jokes around with them and he's awesome and they love being around him. But when they're behind closed doors and the kids are telling me about their days, They tell me that he sleeps all the time or he's on his phone or he watches movies. And my kids tell me that all they do when they're at his house is they just watch movies 24-7. They play video games. They don't have any interaction with him. I don't know what happens behind those closed doors. I'm not there. I can't make a judgment Mm -hmm. call. But it doesn't sound like, to me, anything's any different than when we were married. And when we were married and I did see what was happening, he did what he wanted
0: and it was... All about him right and everybody else in the house just fends for themselves Um, expect them to say their side of the story to whoever will listen so that again going back you either look unstable or you look like you're a wreck but I think one of the ones that they do attack on is what a bad mom you are and what a poor parent you are and want to make sure everybody knows what a you know what a horrible person you are to be raising these kids in such a terrible environment and I, I believe 100% that the reason they say you're a bad mom or they, uh, I, we're, we're talking in Connie's instance right now because we know that the, uh, the gender of these relationships can be flip-flopped also, but by saying you're a bad parent, that's attacking everything in your life that you know your life is about right now. And you deep down know that you're a good mom and he knows that you're a good mom. So by ripping the, the core of what your existence is right now out, and calling you a bad parent, that to me was super damaging because I felt like that was really the only thing I was good at and then he was telling me and telling the kids that I wasn't.
1: I, he tried with a lot of things with me. I mean, he, he told me that I couldn't keep a job when in fact I was the breadwinner. Um, and yes, he now everything is focused on, when that didn't work and he couldn't get me fired from my job and he couldn't cause problems with that, now everything is focused on my parenting and what a bad parent I am and how everything is about me and my entertainment and how I don't care about the kids or any of their needs um
0: which is crazy because I've known Connie now for almost nine months Oh, longer than that yeah and your entire life is is in my opinion is it revolves around your children
1: I when I have my kids every other week everything that we do is based on their calendar their needs and I do I mean I'm I'm not perfect.
0: And not in a spoiling but, way, just in an attentive way. You right. Know? But it, he absolutely told his side of the story. He he
1: went straight to our priest and our deacon and told him that I cheated and that I stole from him. And that I, again, that I tried to put him in prison. Um, he told me that he was going to destroy me within the community and my family. And he's continued to do that. That's been his main goal. And he's... I I don't care about the community anymore. It did bother me at first, and so now he's focusing more on the kids. I don't know if this is something that I should or shouldn't say on this podcast, but I'll give you a very specific example. He went so far as to tell my small children that he caught me in an affair with somebody at my job, and that when I was caught, I broke it off with the person at my job, and that person went and committed suicide. That story couldn't be further from the truth. Even if it was most the truth, most of it made up, right? Yeah. Even if it was the truth, my God, why would you tell small
0: children right. and, that? But something that disturbing—the that the kids aren't going to forget, and right. that's the kind of stuff they like to do. Um, this kind of ties in. Um, he has also threatened you with um, documenting when you take days off and threatening to let your boss know if you're really working from home, and you know, and that kind of had you wound up for a while until. You went and talked to your boss, and, and they were like, no, we get it. Right. He, I get that periodically.
1: But he sends me messages. I'm documenting every time you pick the kids up from school at the end of school. I'm documenting when you go and our room mother. I'm documenting when you go on field trips. I'm documenting yeah. when you take three-day weekends. He doesn't know when I have time right. off. He doesn't know how much vacation I have. And I've talked to my company, and my company said we will treat that as exactly. a hostile attack on
0: you yeah and the thing it. with the, the I'm documenting I'm documenting um, for some reason they think that that they have immense power if they're documenting stuff um, so if they're threatening that they're documenting let them document I mean fine you know if, usually if they're threatening they're documenting and threatening they're taking you back which I think that's the one that's still coming taking you back to court for something chances of them doing that are probably very slim it's just their way of you know getting you all wound up Um, I felt like there was something else I was going to say about that, but it must have slipped my mind. Um, Expect them to make holidays and birthdays almost unbearable. And part of the reason that they do this, and I did a a webinar on this over the holiday, uh, Christmas holidays, but holidays and birthdays and anniversaries and special occasions takes the attention off of the toxic person. So I don't care if it's a kid's birthday or an anniversary or, you know, grandparent's birthday or whatever it is, they will find a way to um, make it miserable and so that the attention converts to them. Did you have holiday messes? Every holiday, every
1: birthday, everything has been a mess. We have it laid out very clearly in our parenting plan the way it's supposed to be, and not a single one of them has gone the way the parenting plan is stated. He doesn't keep me from them, but he doesn't let me have them like the parenting plan says. And then his defense is, well, the kids don't actually want to be with you. This is their choice. So, for instance, this year I was supposed to get them on Halloween. He told me that they didn't want to be with me. They called me and told me they did. I got to have them for a little while, and then he acted like he didn't know where they were, told them that they were kidnapped again, called them, got them all crying, caused a big scene, and then they said that they were scared of what he was going to do and they ended up going back home with him anyway, instead of being Mm -hmm. with me. Um, one of my kids' birthdays this year, I was supposed to get them the day before the birthday. He said he didn't want them split up at their birthday. So he kept talking to them and telling them, well, you shouldn't be split up. What do you want to do? Do you want to be with me? Do you want to be with her? And they said, we really don't care, dad. And so he threw a big fit about it and, they, and No, they ended up actually staying with me because... Oh, that's right. Because we had had a birthday party at my house the day before, and all of the friends were there, and they wanted to stay with their friends, but then he threw a fit and said he was going to take me back to court because I mm-hmm. had violated the plan, when in fact we had it all written out between the two of us that he agreed that they would stay mm-hmm. because that's what they wanted. Yeah, so, but after the fact... They, after the fact, was... then he came back and said, well, you violated the plan, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take you back to court.
0: Yeah. Um, This next one, uh, Connie may not have a ton of examples for this one, but as the kids grow up, and teenage years are tough for kids, let alone kids that have divorced parents and kids that are trying to find their identity, but as the kids will start gaining their independence, a toxic person will really start making rules a lot stricter um, and take, you know, disallowing them to spend the night at people's houses and disallowing them to go to birthday parties. And I think the reason that is, is because the kids then start building a support system, just like you did when they had to isolate you from your family and friends. So expect them to deny a growing child's independence by, you know, either giving them more chores so they have to, you know, be at the house more or, um, disallowing them to spend time with their friends or, you know, grounding them unreasonably Uh, the punishment is always harsh you know too harsh for the crime but um, do you have any of that I know your kids are still little I felt like that was more when my kids were getting you know yeah right
1: now my kids don't seem to have any rules whatsoever when they're with their dad so I wouldn't say I have that yet what I do notice with them is that everything is a guilt trip so they Mm -hmm. almost never have play dates or sleepovers when they're with him and when I ask them they say well dad's really lonely we don't want to leave him alone Mm -hmm. Um, they they tell me things like well we we don't we can't go to the movies with you that's dad's thing we can't go out to dinner with you that's dad's thing so there's a lot of guilt or if they're at home after school and he texts them and says you know have you cleaned the house and they say no we've we're doing homework right now he'll say well why haven't you cleaned the house don't you love me so there's a lot of guilt but not a lot
0: of rules. Yet. Um one thing I was just you just said this. I've sat through several I'm on a couple um divorce support boards where there's a committee of support professionals for divorcees to, you know, to come and ask about the process of divorce. And one of the things that the therapist in there always says is um, you know, don't make your kids the ter- the caretakers. Don't say, oh, I'm going to miss you so much when you're at your dad's or, oh, I'm going to miss you so much when you're at your mom's because that immediately makes the kids feel like it's their responsibility to make sure that the adult in their life is not sad. And so that was one of the things I always made sure I didn't, I mean, yeah, I missed him all the time, but I didn't make them try to make them feel guilty about wanting to spend time with their dad. And I went, you know, years at a time because my story is a little bit different than um, a lot. But even though, yeah, I did miss them, I never made him feel like, Um, it was their fault that I was missing them
1: and I'm I definitely miss them but I think one of the things that has helped me greatly with the conversations that you and I have had Heidi is that um, I had to learn that I needed to have a life on the week that Mm -hmm. I didn't have them so that I wasn't sitting at home Mm -hmm. missing them so that I wouldn't say those types of things to them so that
0: it didn't slip out so when they're not there I keep myself really busy right well and I think that comes with too when you're in a toxic environment and you've got kids You don't really have an outlet so your identity is the kid's mom so when you get separated and you have a week without them you don't really have an identity if your kids aren't around because you've been protecting them and taking care of them and so yeah it's difficult i've had to you know walk a few people through that your identity is not your kids you'll figure that out when they get up and or they grow up and move Um, so that's perfect and i love i just recommended this um to another person that's going through a divorce and her her little one is tiny tiny so I don't know that this would work but I love the way Connie has her visitation set up and it's weekly it's one week at one and one week at the other and it's not this back and forth 13 times during the week for one that's very disruptive on the kids and for two that keeps you having to stay in contact with them more than one exchange a week and so if you have any control over that, I think the week to week thing is great. And that's gonna depend on, you know, your kids and the needs of your kids. But um, we just have a couple left, but expecting that their energy is 100% focused on ruining your life. You're not allowed to be happy or healthy. And they will they will really use the kids in any way that they can to make sure that your life is ruined. So it has nothing to do with about how much they love the kids and what a great parent they want to be. It is. Expect it to be 100% focused on ruining your life. He 100%
1: uses the kids as a weapon, and that has been very hard for me to understand because I always thought, no matter what I thought about him, I always thought that he loved his kids. It's taken me a lot to figure out that he hates me more than he loves Mm -hmm. them. And Um, he knows that hurting the kids hurts you. Right. And he told me flat out the day that we decided to separate, he said, I will ruin your life. It will be my goal to ruin your life. And he's held true to that. And now, you know, two years into it, I am dating and I have a healthy and very happy relationship. And that has really set him off. He can't stand it. Mm -hmm. And he uses all sorts of threats against my current boyfriend that he thinks that he he alludes to the fact that he thinks that the kids aren't safe around him. He says things to the kids about my current boyfriend. And so they act like they don't like him. So he does whatever he can. To try to ruin Ruin. my happy situation.
0: Yeah, that gets exhausting because that will never end. That's probably the only promise he'll ever hold up is that he's going to continue to try and ruin your life. Right. right. Um, Expect. Oh, yes, this is what I was talking about earlier. Expect that they are going to threaten to take you back to court all the time. Um, And they're threatening that they're documenting things. And they're threatening that they're going to let everybody know, quotes, the truth. So if you don't do such and such, they're going to tell everybody the truth. And that's been your last month and a half. Right? Oh, it's been the
1: entire two years. Um, it was paralyzing to me in the beginning because I was someone who worried about what people thought about me. Um, I was terrified that he would take me back to court. I Because I guess I was the breadwinner, I thought he would take more money. I don't know. There's been a lot of things I had to let go of. I had to, wor- I had to not worry about the money. I had to quit worrying about what people thought about me. And I also had to realize that the threats really mm-hmm. don't mean anything because he threatens me all the time and almost never does anything right. about
0: it. Right. And, and that's one thing I have to call to people's attention. And I had to have it called to my attention because I was always worried about the threats too. And um, one time somebody said, yeah, but are they really even following through on any of them? And as I went back, I don't think they would followed through on one single one. But for some reason I was frozen just by hearing, you know. The threats.
1: Yeah. So I I got over caring about what anybody thought of me because if they really believe all those things, then, you know, shame on them and they shouldn't be in my life anyway. And two, at this point I think I would welcome him taking me back to court. And maybe I should be careful what I wish for, but you know, let's go. Giddy yeah. up.
0: Yeah, the other thing that, that you need to realize, um, is a toxic person never runs out of fight. They will continue to fight. They will fight the whole life. So that's why Um, you have to be prepared to, I don't want to say give up, but decide what you want to fight over and what you don't want to fight over because they're never going to run out of it. Right. Because of the I'm going to ruin your life mentality that they have.
1: And Heidi and I have talked about this. I looked at the idea of taking him back to court, but what it would do to me emotionally to have to fight continuously wasn't worth it to me. Now, if he wants to take me back, I'll get myself prepped and ready and we'll do it and that's fine. But... Yeah, I'm not going to waste any more energy on him. Yep. I've yep. already wasted a lot of years. I'm not going to do it anymore. Yep.
0: And and when you find yourself not moving forward and continually thinking about it, that's just wasting more energy, right? You know. Um. So in the end, chances are that you you didn't co-parent with them when you were married, or you didn't co-parent with them when you were together. So, um, you were picking up pieces, and you were stopping crying children, and you were putting out fires, and you were probably being the one that wasn't as um, strict to make up for the toxic person being more strict in the family. So why do we all of a sudden think that a divorce is gonna make us be able to co-parent? I have no idea. But um, we just have to remember that they did not change with the divorce. The only thing they changed was their relationship status. They're the exact same person that they've always been. So expecting them to all of a sudden be someone that you're gonna be able to work with easily is expecting too much so connie do you have anything else you'd want to tell people i know it's
1: semantics but it made a difference in my mindset when i gave up the idea of co-parenting and i read an entire article about co-parenting versus parallel parenting um and like i said i guess it's semantics but i finally realized there was no point trying to work with him not that i'm trying to work against him Mm -hmm. but there's no point me going out of my way and trying to continue to work with him what I need to do is parallel parenting which means just try to parent alongside of him and do what I do and do it the best way that I can do it Mm -hmm. and not try to cross over that line and work with him because it's never going to happen right he's told me that he said I will never co-parent with you never 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 so there's no point trying anymore
0: just do the best I can alongside of him. yeah or it's kind of like the mentality of being a single parent with a pesky little fly that shows up half the time Right. Yeah. But so thanks for being here. I appreciate that. I know that took a long time, you know, getting the guts to just Connie's doing great, by the way. So um, if, if I had a people, a few people ask me uh, just this morning on the way in about the Facebook support group. Um, it is called Strength Within. There is a approval process to get in there. Um, Connie is available for questions in that group, and she's got some very good um, direction for people who are raising children with toxic people. So um, I will be back. Ta- Connie, thanks for coming. She may thanks. be back in the future also. So um, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later.